Hi, this is Carol Steves, and you're listening to Reality Ranch Podcast. Today is Sunday, October 10th, 2021. Welcome to the 36th episode. If this is your first listen to my program, I share the writings of Billy Meyer, Figu, and others. On this program, you'll hear interviews and discussions with various people on what has been named the silent revolution of truth. This is an effort through the teaching and the contact notes to free humanity from the overly materialistic thinking, ignorance, overpopulation, and violence largely brought about by religion. This is from 77 Meditations, taken from Meditation from Clear Visibility, High and Highest Meditation, pages 239 and 240, by Billy Edward Albert Meyer. This little flip booklet of the 77 Meditations can be purchased on the Figu Canada website. Meditation number 10. Within me exists neither anxiety nor fear. I'm speaking today with Francisco Valete about his soon-to-be-published new book, The Third Evacuation. Thanks for joining me today, Francisco. Tell me about what's happening before the book launch. Well, thank you for inviting me to this conversation. Yes, uh, the book uh, will be released uh, next year by January, uh, by mid-January, January 16, probably earlier than that. Um, you know, uh, right now it takes time just to uh, design the cover of the book, a professional cover. And the editing has to be done in several steps. It's not just somebody just uh, checking the wording, things like that. It's, it's more than that. I am learning about it. So there's different levels of editing. One is based on the structure. The other one is in the what they call the copy editing. And later, the final reading or the proofreading. So making sure that all the words are fine. So there are different steps. Uh, so I have to do it uh, slowly. It takes time. Right. And I will be editing both versions, the Spanish one and the English one. So there are actually, I'm releasing two books, one Spanish version and one English version. Yeah, it's the campaign on October 10 until October 10 to November 10 is the campaign I see. to uh, gather funds. So until I have the funds, I can uh, do in some of the editing. At this moment, I, I, I am anticipating the activities that I can do, but uh, it, it takes a lot of time and also it takes uh, it requires some funds to complete the whole process. So I have to run the campaign first for one month. And after that, uh, all the work will be done uh, during November and December. And, you know, when you're editing a book, also you require to send it to the uh, publishing company or their, uh, the distributor. And they create a one copy and send it to you by mail. So it takes time until you receive the first version. 
and you have to look at that and approve it. If you don't, don't you see something is wrong, you have to do some changes on, on the book. But I have to make sure that I receive the first copy. It's a test copy that I receive. So this is the first one. After I approve that one, so the book is ready to be sent to everyone. So it takes time. Normally it takes uh, just a couple of months after you start the whole process. Okay, by campaign, um, are you talking about just an advertising campaign or are you speaking of a fundraising campaign also to help? It's a, yeah, it's a fundraising campaign. It's in indiegogo.com. If anybody is interested, can look at uh, with the words third uh, evacuation. Uh, by third evacuation, uh, very easily can go to the campaign. It will recognize that uh, it's, it's about the, the, the campaign that I'm referring to. Uh, it's for releasing the phone. So it's, there are different perks. Uh, I mean, depending if basically for the people that would like to contribute to this effort, um, the basic contribution is somebody just give me some, let's say $15 and say, okay, that's okay. I don't need anything else. It's $15 for you. But there's other uh, things if for the same $15, I can send an electronic book. Some people love to read it. Uh, actually, if I find a book that I'm interested in, I first, uh, first of all, I buy an electronic version that is very cheap, but you have it immediately. And once I read it and I see this, that the kind of book I want to have it, I prefer the hard copy option. So I uh, request later the hard copy that is more expensive, but I do not want to invest money on that until I'm sure it's the kind of book that I wanted. So normally I have the two uh, versions of uh, books that I like it is one electronic and one uh, on physical copy. So I will be releasing the electronic very quick. Uh, maybe the next day after the book is ready so I can send it to everyone. Uh, the print copy takes a little longer. I mean, it's maybe one week to be printed in the printers. Uh, it's a very interesting system that is available right now everywhere in the world. It's a print on demand. I found that this is a good with the environment. Um, my first books that I published uh, several years ago, I just ordered 3,000 copies, 1,000 copies. At the end, you have a, a lot of books below your bed, uh, yes. staying there for a long time. And after some time, you see there are some of them that are damaged, so they end up in the wastebasket. So you you... You don't know what to do with all of that thing. Uh, the print of the money, if you need one book, it, only one book is printed and send it to you. If you want five books, five books are printed and goes to you. Uh, the vision on that is in the future. You can go to any store and just select in a screen the book that you like it. Press a button and the book is printed. And after a, a few minutes, you have your hard copy book for you. Uh, this is the, the print on demand that will be available sometime soon. And I found that system very useful. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, it's just And you can order them online, but I didn't even think about. It reminds me of, do you remember when the, there was the big fad that you could print the greeting cards in the store um, on demand? Every, every, all the grocery stores had this print on demand greeting card. But of course, a book much more. I mean, yeah, yeah. they must print it fast <laughs> for you to wait. Yeah. 
it's amazing. I, I mean, just think about the photography and probably people of our age as memories of old, uh, far away when uh, far, far, some some time ago uh, that long ago that we were using different type of uh, technologies. Uh, for example, uh, writing a book was difficult. I'm gonna tell you more about how I wrote that book at the beginning because yeah. it's very funny. And then the photographs are just uh, taking pictures like Billy Mayer did, for example, and waiting until they came back from the lab to see what is there. Right now you see a picture on the screen and you like it or you're not, you do a selfie. If you don't like the selfie, you delete it. Uh, so it's quite easy right now. It's the same with the books. In the books in the past, uh, the, there was a very complicated process. Uh, at the beginning, there were a lot of uh, uh, books printed and send it everywhere. Right now, uh, the distribution is electronically. So it goes through a global system. So if somebody, for example, in Switzerland would like to have a copy of this book, uh, he can order and maybe the company that sent it uh, just send the request to England where there are printers. They printed in England and, I send, and they send it to Switzerland. If somebody in China wants the book, so maybe in Australia is printed and send it to China. So it depends. Uh, it's different uh, places can send the book. Uh, so it's easier because you transmit the book electronically. You don't have to send it physically. So that helps on the shipping costs, uh, sending to different places. They're not as expensive as just sending a book to the other side of the world. It's a, a little bit cheaper. So it's better for, for everyone. For everybody. Yeah, it's a more economical, I think, too. Isn't it just the print as you need? You know. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So tell me how tell me about your inspiration for this book and how this all began. Yeah, it's it's quite funny because this is I guess the second book that I was writing down. Um the first one but it was very simple, very short, a very short novel. But this one was mm, very important novel. I was around 17 years old. As some kind of teenager, you know, uh, I was starting to be interested in astronomy. You're watching the sky, looking nice astronomical phenomena, uh, seeing UFOs for the first time. So I started to be interested on in this kind of topic. So I started writing out uh, something that I have found if uh, when I start writing something, the story comes to my mind, like uh, if I am looking at a movie, in the movie, different things are happening. So sometimes something unexpected is happening. Some people imagine that a writer writes a story that is, is there, pre-designed. It's not that. You have a general idea where it goes, when it starts, when it goes, but sometimes goes to different places. When I started writing down at the beginning, I was telling that somebody was walking in some kind of desert place. So he felt something on the feet. Immediately, I saw a plant walking on the plains. So I say, oh, the plant walks here. So I include the plants walking in that part. And you I started writing. The, the vegetables yeah. in your, I've noticed that. The, so what you're saying is the plants and the vegetables in your book can move and walk yeah, around. Can move. Yeah, like an animal, but they're plants. Actually, uh, the, the book is, uh, uh, talking about a um, group of people living in a planet. In that planet, they don't have animals. They have a lot of plants. 
in that sense, they're vegetarian because they eat the fruits of their plants. I see. Uh, but the plants, they walk and they have different personalities and they have a very interesting um, a function in the story. But going back to the first the question on how I started, I started writing down in my mother uh, typewriting machine. It was, uh, you know, the one that you have to press the keys very hard. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning, my little fingers, the little ones, was uh, almost broken because I didn't have the strength to use that machine. So I use only four fingers, no five fingers on each hand. Right now, I, I write in my keyboard, in my PC, with only eight fingers, not with 10 fingers, because the little ones, I never use them. So I used to do so that. So you're out of the habit, right? You just use <laughs> Yeah, that's what happened. Um, the, the first version it was just one book. I printed all the pages. And you know, making some corrections. Can you imagine how it was? Just, just writing one page. And maybe you don't like it, you have to take it out and start all over again. I remember. During <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that time, I remember. Oh, oh, a word that you mistyped, something that you want to say in a different way, instead of delete, copy, paste. Oh, you have to roll the, the yeah. roll, the roll moving up a little bit, use uh, some kind of eraser, erase that word, use some kind of brush to clean up the little dust particle, then insane. going back. <laughs> and if you are lucky, just typing in exactly the same place. <laughs> so it was very difficult, uh, time consuming. Um, and my older sister saw me doing that and she was amazed about that and she was supporting me. Uh, my other brothers and sisters were some kind of laughing at me. Oh, you're writing a book. <laughs> But my older sister, she, she liked it so much and she support me. So that's why I am, uh, when I finish it, I put all the pages, 243 around that together. I put it a cover and I, um, with uh, some crayons, I draw a cover um, and I cover with a plastic, something like that. And I create it as a small book and I give it to my sister and I give it to her and she still keep it with her it's oh, very I'm funny sure. just looking the book and the way i was writing that uh, but after a while after some years later especially currently because uh, because of the what is happening on earth mm -hmm. the book is more important than before at the beginning was some kind of a story um, interesting about a planet that is being destroying uh, it's about a, a big transformation on the ecosystem but currently, that's exactly what is happening now. So I found recently very important to do it again. So at the beginning, I was thinking to create a movie. So I learned how to write scripts for movies. And I started writing down that um, I was trying to do the first version in uh, animation. So I say, okay, I can learn about animation. So I just started learning animations for six months. And I did the first two minutes or three minutes of the movie in an animated movie that is not very professional, but it's, it's nice. Mm -hmm. And I like it. Uh, but then I make the calculation how long, long it was going to take me to complete the full movie, one and a half, hour, one and a half hours long. And my, my calculation ended up with 10 years of full 
part-time job. Ten yeah, years doing that. <laughs> in your, I, I, I have two yeah. more. I have to live. I cannot be 10 years just uh, creating a movie. Oh, so I said, okay, why don't we I just find the money or hire somebody to do it? But when I end up knowing that probably it's going to take more than one million dollars, I say, no way, <laughs> I cannot do a movie about that. So so I was some kind of frustrated. I, I was feeling bad. So, but at the end I say, what? Well, okay, what do I want with that story? I say, I, I want some people to know it. Okay, writing a book is easier, right? And it's cheaper. Why don't you do that? So that's the reason why I started to write in the book. So this is the story of the book, how it's evolving, okay? And in, in the book, there are plants, as I told you, they, they walk and they have a very interesting role in the movie because they represent the people that are like vegetable. I mean, people that don't do anything, just um, do not interact with the environment. They think that maybe they can do nothing. And right now, you know, it's something that I see in the humanity. Some people know that everything is bad, everything is wrong, but they do nothing, nothing. And they think, okay, I haven't done anything wrong to anybody. Mm -hmm. I don't deserve it, but I cannot do anything. Okay, so they do actually nothing to solve it. So that's represented by these plants that suffer the consequences of a destruction that is happening, and they can do nothing about that. Uh, but maybe one of the main messages from the book is that the, what is happening is are the consequences of what we are causing. That sounds very logical, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if I'm causing the destruction, so the destruction is happening. But what about the people that say, I haven't done anything? I am not destroying the environment. I, I am a good guy. I'm going to heavens uh, because I am a good person, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the people that do nothing also have to suffer the consequences because if you do nothing, it's the same as doing something wrong. So if you do nothing, you are not creating a transformation around your world. So it's not only not damaging the environment, it's also helping the environment, okay? So yeah. that's, that's the message, not being like a vegetable uh, or, or a plant that do nothing and cannot change the, as in the novel, they, they cannot intervene in a disaster that is coming, okay? I see, but they also provide nourishment for the people because that's yeah. the only thing yeah. that they, that they eat, they don't, like you said, they don't have animal protein on this particular planet because that's how they've evolved, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And inter it's interesting that the, uh, in the novel, there are two, two peoples, uh, two different races. Uh, they're basically the same. The only difference is that they have a moon on the forehead and they consider superior to the other one because they have that moon on, on the forehead. Uh, but the people that doesn't have that are mainly farmers. So they keep the, um, the plants and the vegetables and they grow them. And they know if they treat them fine, they treat them well, the fruits will be better. Uh, so there is some kind of uh, relationship between the farmers and the plants. Um, 
in sometimes the kids use them to play with them. I mean, like uh, some kids right now play with a uh, puppy, so they play with the plants. Um, one of the characters is a little girl. He's uh, nine years old. He's uh, called Lida. She's quite interesting because she's the kind of uh, kid or uh, girls that has a lot of energy. And she always carry a flower with her on her hand. And the flower always is uh, with her and feeling what she feels. So she's, Lida is uh, sad. So the flower becomes sad. If Lida is surprised about something, so the flower is surprised also. So there's a connection between them. This, this is like a little friend that Lida has. Mm, but this is on the second part of the book. The book is divided in two parts. If you want, I can tell you a little bit without giving too much details because yeah, I don't I want to spoil the <laughs> surprise. I've read some of the second half, so I'm not going to say that much because I don't want to give up away more than you want me to give away. You know what I mean? And if I say something, tell me and I'll edit it out because we don't want people to go, oh, we already know what happened. So I don't even know what happens okay. at the end yet, by the way. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's great. Which is probably so. center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, but basically the, the, the story is around a uh, um, little boy that becomes a prophet. Uh, why becomes a prophet? Because uh, when he is very young, he saw a UFO, a spaceship flying on the sky. After that, he started to think or to foresee Event, events that are going to happen. So he sees a difficult situation, people are going to happen. He sees the destruction of his environment. So he starts to wonder, okay, uh, is the future is something that is fixed? And I'm just watching something that is going to happen and I can change it or I cannot change it? Uh, so that's his first question. Uh, then he realized that uh, probably the role of him uh, as a prophet or somebody that has the skill to foresee the future is to prevent disasters. At the end, he knows that it's more than that. He, the role of the prophet is very complex. So the, the whole novel goes around that. Um, I found inspiration on the story of Billy Mayer. I was imagining what could be the lie of somebody that can see events or uh, something that is going to happen even in his life or somebody's life, what the reaction could be for that person. So it's, it's the conflict that is around that, uh, that uh, boy. Um, he becomes uh, some kind of uh, a monk in a monastery. Uh, their, their monasteries are different than our monasteries. They learned about technology, uh, gardening, uh, different activities, medicine. So they're kind of wise people, very wise people among the, their planet, in their planet. Uh, but he becomes a, a monk and he has a lot of problem because he, at some point of time, he has to say, okay, I've seen the destruction, we have to do something. Uh, and they say, what, you're a prophet? That is uh, unacceptable. A very young monk uh, with no experiences. How can you be selected by the guardians? The guardians are space travelers that uh, are or have the task to evacuate a planet that is having some problems. But the story goes around that, that, that thing, okay?
Yeah, that's, um, I thought it was interesting that um, they had um, blue, blue, is her skin blue? No, the, the, yeah, the blue hair, yes. Blue hair. Yeah, it's a different race, yes. But their, skin, yeah, the, the, their skin is light blue, isn't it? No, the skin is, is, right? is, is very clear, very similar to ours, probably a little oh, bit okay. Uh, okay. between gray and pink, but the hair is blue. I see, um, okay. Yeah, the hair is blue, and the women uh, has a dark blue, almost dark, um, but the, uh, the boys or the mans has a blue, clear blue. And they have also blue eyes in some cases uh, with little tints of purple or violet in, in women. Um, it's, they're different, completely yes. different. Yeah, yeah. which makes the story more interesting because it's, uh, and it's something that's, as we know, is absolutely possible that there could be a race out there somewhere that has <laughs> that kind of color, yeah. you know? Yeah, different, different kind of color. So at the end, you feel that uh, they are humans like us. Mm -hmm. But probably they are different, but they have the same feelings, they have the same problems, they have the same reactions. So their, their culture is some kind of primitive. I mean, they uh, are starting to learn about, for example, the gun power. Uh -huh. um, they use the, they don't know how to fly. They don't have airplanes. They, they almost walk all the time from one place to another one. And they, they know the wheel, of, of course. They use some uh, kind of vehicles with little wheels, uh, but they pull it themselves because they don't have um, yeah. animals, all right? So it's very difficult for them to move from one place to another one. So they cannot take a horse, for example, and just go quickly from another place. So it's, uh, but it, what, what is very interesting is uh, I, because I am amateur astronomer, mm -hmm. I know there are some cases that we see so, from supernova. Supernova is an explosion of a star, mm -hmm. and there is a type of supernova that is uh, happening when there are two stars. I mean, imagine the we have just one star that is the sun, mm -hmm. but imagine that we are living in a binary system. So on the horizon. Instead of you seeing one sunset, you, you see two sunsets mm -hmm. because one of the stars go first and the other one goes later. And in that system uh, is um, um, conformed by one star that is a big red giant and, and a small star that is a white dwarf. The white dwarf is an, an star that is uh, hotter, is more hot, mm -hmm. hotter than the red one, but it's smaller. What is happening, uh, the people that know about astronomy, in those systems when the red star um, grows in some age or some kind of their uh, evolution, they grow. So they start to pour material or gases into the little one. And the little one uh, increase the pressure uh, because it's receiving more material. So there's more gravity uh, crunching the nucleus of the star. So it in that, end up with a big explosion that destroyed the whole system, uh, destroyed the planets around. So that that's what, what is going to happen. From? Pardon me? Uh, that, that's what the garden, guardians are saving them from, right? It's this natural. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they know that. They, they are uh, monitoring the evolution of this star system. They know that uh, supernova is coming. 
because they are monitoring that star system. And they know that eventually they have to evacuate the system. So they've been in this planet for many centuries before, and they are promising that one day they have to come back because uh, they have to move everywhere to a new world, to a new place, because uh, they have to go. Their world will disappear. So this kind of legend that is among uh, all the uh, monks in the monastery, so they know the guardian will be coming one day, but they consider that, that like a legend. Until eventually they start uh, watching UFOs flying on the sky. So they know that something is coming. Yes. And unlike our system, one thing that struck me as I was reading this was, unlike our um, society where now UFOs, even though they're all over in the media and many people think that, that they could exist, it's still ridiculed and marginalized. So a lot of people, and because of you know the thinking, it can't be possible that, can you imagine if, if they landed here and said, we're gonna help evacuate you because you're, eventually we know that's gonna happen way, 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 way in the future, you know, that they're going to do that here. But um, if they tried to do it right now, uh, I can't imagine how that would go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> and yeah, but, but did you imagine how a pandemic will be 10 years ago? <laughs> Probably just didn't know how it will be. Okay, when it's coming, it's coming. And some people have uh, seen or they watch UFOs on the sky. For the people that have seen them, it's totally normal. Yeah. Some people haven't seen them yet, so they consider that something that is part of the movies or something that is not real. But this is real, okay? So, but but the main um, uh, one of the main um, messages of the book is that you cannot be sitting and waiting for an evacuation. I mean, uh, there uh, it is that. Uh, they will not evacuate a planet if their inhabitants want to destroy it. You know, we have yes. example like Malona, for example. Malona was destroyed by their inhabitants in a war. Uh, in some cases, I mean, in all the cases, they cannot intervene in the learning of a new society or a new planet. If they intervene in the law of cause and effect on the learnings, they will be affecting the whole evolution of that system and yeah. they will be creating a big mess in the future. They, they cannot do that. So in that case, uh, they have to make the first evacuation that is from the planet because it's not their fault. I mean, they, they are not causing the supernova to explode. Uh, just referring to Billy Major material is the same as, for example, the, the comet destroyer comet. Uh, was causing a lot of problems in our solar system, but was taken away by the Pleiadian. The Pleiadian moved that comet. They moved it outside of the system. Why they did that? They why they do that? Uh, they uh, did it because uh, they want to protect uh, our society, our planet, and to the, so the evolution here continue. Uh, and because we cannot do uh, anything about that. We exactly. didn't have the technology to just put that comet away. But right now we have technology, for example, to uh, get rid of Apophis. Mm -hmm. But in the case of Apophis, uh, what happened? Extraterrestrials are not going to intervene because we have the tools to solve our problems. So we have to do it. Um, 
some people feel that it's very rude or very hard to think that uh, extraterrestrial that can do something for a planet, saving the people, they do nothing. Uh, and they will do it. They, will, they won't do anything because they do not want to interfere with an evolution of a system. So what strikes me right now is uh, there's a lot of people or some people that are expecting the ETs to come and evacuate me or take me out of here because I don't want to be in a planet that is being destroyed. Uh, but also other people with some uh, religious beliefs, they expect that uh, the Lord comes in a cloud and takes me to heaven, something like that. So I think this is very dangerous, but uh, um, points of view. If somebody is waiting for a divine entity comes from heaven and save him, some kind of angels, or somebody is waiting for some um, extraterrestrials to save us, this is wrong because it put us on a, a passive position that we do nothing and we expect to be saved by them. Uh, and this is very dangerous because we are not do we are doing nothing. So we are not uh, solving our problems. So uh, there's a lot of problems and we need to do something now. So we need to react and do something for that. And we, we have the tools to do it. We have to use our tools to solve our problems. And this is something that we can do. Right now, you know, there's overpopulation, ecosystem damage, uh, a lot of problems around the world. Uh, the people are still feeling very isolated. They don't feel the connection between each one of them. You know, for example, the pandemic, every country is managing the pandemic based on his own, its own interests. Mm -hmm. But if there is a global collaboration, it would be easier because the pandemic is affecting the whole system. It's the same with the global warming and uh, overpopulation. So there is some kind of... Uh, a selfish point of view. I mean, I, I only just help my people. So is this is a common in low levels of evolution, like is in our planet right now. We are not in a high level. We are in a maybe in medium to low level evolution that we feel uh, individuals isolated for, from the rest of the of the world. But when in the future, we feel that connection between all of us, and we know that uh, everybody is like my sister and my brother, uh, and I'm connected with anybody else. So I will be feel that empathy and that desire to help other people and also helping myself because we are all connected as a community, as a planet. We can do that. We can uh, all be collaboratively working together to solve and to fix our problem but we need to do something and the time is running out I'm, i mean it's urgent to do something now this is the message of the book uh, there's some kind of analogy with what is happening right now on earth is uh, inviting especially young people teenagers to do something because they're the ones that have more energy the one that feel more impacted what is going to happen and that's very important that they take action. And yes, these and are the ones that can change their minds. Yeah. And, ho and hopefully um, we can get them to understand through the different cam uh, overpopulation campaigns that that needs to be addressed before anything yeah. will get better. First yeah. it, take, it, it takes time. It takes time. It Remember does. the global warming uh, several years ago, uh, there were a lot of scientists that didn't believe on that. 
and only a few of them knew about that. It's the same with overpopulation. Overpopulation eventually will be a fact that everybody will know in that, yes, is something is uh, probably the main cause of our problems. If we control the population, that will be better. But it takes time. I think we need to be patient. Um, I think that uh, if somebody is, is very brilliant, a uh, brilliant mind can illuminate uh, the, the path of other people. But if somebody is patient, can create transformation. If you are patient, you are making transformation because transformation takes time. And you have to keep doing and doing and doing until it happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can't give up. We have to just keep moving along. I wanted to ask you about the names you chose for your characters. Are these um, names you chose when you were young or did you change them? Or tell me about that. Uh, imaginary names, uh, just as somebody that just I, I don't know where I take my names. <laughs> I just say imagine okay. this. Yeah, yeah I, I made it. Um, uh, yes, for example, the prophet is called Sarum. Sarum mm -hmm. sounds to me like a uh, Om, the meditation. Sarum is oh, okay. uh, sometimes a sublime name. Uh, Lyra or Lida, Lyra is Lida is sounds to me like a little girl that is very uh, energetic. Mm -hmm. uh, another one is called Arceus, uh, in Spanish is Arceo, mm -hmm. that means, uh, to me, sounds like somebody that uh, is a rebel, it's, he wants to do changes, uh, he's not agree with something that is happening, at the same time, he's some kind of child, but he has to confront um, the situation that he doesn't want to be seen, like, he, he, he preferred to be more with the vegetables or the plants than with with human beings so he's always with his plants but at the end he has to go one step forward and start to um, be more connected with other people um, the story has different the, the, the characters are different names so I just made them up and, and the name of the the race was that on purpose is it the laxarians or something like that is that meaning lax or was that just an, a coincidence? Because I don't know. Don't I don't think there's any coincidence in anything. Okay. Sometimes just... I, I have no idea. I, I mean, sometimes I um, I made up something and then I know there are some connection with something else. So our subconscious mind works in a way yes. that we are not aware of that. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there is a coincidence. We put a name to something that, that has, had, it has some meaning mm -hmm. to our unconscious mind. So I believe on the unconscious mind. The power of conscious mind is really amazing, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, 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 it's very powerful. So um, basically, I have uh, most of my inspiration after I sleep, maybe early in the morning when I wake up, I know exactly what to do, what to write about, or what have to do about something. So I, if I, have, I have a problem or I have something that is... Uh, intriguing me so i just uh, sleep and the next day i know the answer perfectly and what has to be done and i do it very quickly yeah and i think that's a nice thing to point out that um sometimes people will put too much pressure on themselves to come up with an answer right then when really if we just give ourselves some time we usually come up with something much better if we give our our mind a chance to work on it. Sometimes I even dream my solutions. You know, I wake up and go, oh, okay, there you go. So there's yeah, mind good. working on it while you're asleep. It's kind of amazing. Okay. 
So, so you know about that? You have feeling yes. that, uh, that uh, and most of the people knows that. Uh, the issue is that we have a mind that has uh, different parts. One of them is very logical, and the other one is more intuitive, and is connected with the subconscious mind. So one of them wants to control everything, but goes in circles without finding a solution. Uh -huh. So it, when it relaxes, the other one say, hey, come on. You just do it this way. Oh, okay, you're right. I'll do it. Yeah. That's the way it works our brain. Exactly. It's quite interesting. Yes. Yeah, so the, the story is there. Uh, the book will be released, as I told you, on January. Um, there are different options. People, if they want to have uh, one book in English, another one in Spanish, or order, for example, three books, because they want to send one in Spanish to somebody else, or two in English, or especially for the younger generations is is very useful i think the young people are going to make the transformation in this planet and is the one that are looking at the world in a different way uh, old people or the people that has strong beliefs and like in the book says they're like a big tree that is hard to move is not flexible stay in the same place so you know the plants walk in this world the trees also walk but it's very difficult for a big tree to walk because it's very old it's very big so it's heavy so cannot move mm -hmm. so it's, it's almost static but a little plant that is very young just move very quickly because it's a uh, growing yes so it's very young you know so it's exactly about the same metaphor is the metaphor representing what is in the human beings younger generation will do the change i'm convinced about that um yeah, yeah i don't see um, how we're gonna do it a lot of time for one thing and like you said too many people are very fixed in their their convictions about how things are and so they, they have a hard time seeing yeah, but as I told you, we have to be patient, especially we have to understand that some people do or react in a way or based on what they have learned or what they see. Let's imagine that you and I don't see colors. We see everything in black and white. One day you start looking colors and you see there's red, blue, uh, pink, violet, different beautiful colors. Uh, before that, you were only seeing uh, black and white and shades of gray, only that. But then you see colors. How can you explain me what is the color? Because I haven't seen that. So for you to explain me uh, to me, that, that will be very difficult, you know, because I, I have not that experience. It's the same with UFOs and extraterrestrial life. Uh, some people have not seen, never, a UFO, they don't want to think about that. They just watch, mo watch movies and they have their mind with a lot of ideas that are not right about what they are. But try to explain somebody about uh, living in another world uh, that there's uh, human beings in other planets that they're coming and they came in the past. They are monitoring us. They are very concerned about what we are doing to this planet. It's very hard for them to say. So they, if you start talking about, they say, oh, you're crazy. You're talking about red, blue. What is this? I don't know what you're talking about because it's your reality. It's not the reality. But if you're patient, uh, people will start to see colors, same as you. It's just a matter of time. 
And if we see disasters in the world, if we see that is happening, when we will be eventually realizing that we have to do something, we should do it, we must do it, and we are all interconnected. We are affecting everybody else. If you plant a tree, if you work on your garden, you are transforming the world by doing just that little simple activities. Everybody does very simple activities and adding simple activities from many people will be doing a great, great transformation. But as I told you, it's a matter of time. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna take hundreds of years actually, as we know. So we're gonna have to be really yeah. patient. Yeah, and, we and, have to be really patient. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think also we have to bear the, um, some of the disasters that are going to happen, not only natural ones, but ones we are causing ourselves, we're gonna to have to bear the, the consequences of that. And I think, as you were saying earlier, that's going to help people realize that until, you know, instead of waiting for, I hear this a lot, I hear people saying, when's our government gonna do something about this? And I, and I think to myself when I see people say, especially if it's stuff we can do, I think, well, why don't we start doing it? Now, we don't have yeah. to wait for our governments to make that decision. You know, and I, I saw a good example of that during the pandemic when um, they were people saying, well, should we wear a mask or not? I'm like, well, you know, you can look at the science yourself and understand that's basic hygiene, protecting each other each from each other. If you're sick, we don't need to wait to, to well, they don't say we don't have to wear them anymore. Well, can we think for ourselves? and understand mm -hmm. that maybe we should still be wearing them. I think that's a really good example. I see that a lot. But people don't wanna think, they just wanna be led to the whatever they think they should be doing, or they want the government to do it for them. And they don't understand that, you know, we have to be there on board also. Yeah. Yeah. And the people do not change until they see that something is happening, until they see consequences of what they're causing. Uh, that's, 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 that's logical, that is happening. And that what is going to happen in the future years will be through looking at a lot of disasters, but also the people will start growing internally because there will be more um, interconnectivity with, between the people. The people will be helping most each other eventually. It takes time, but they will do it. They will do it that they know that they have to do something to fix things. And I have learned that the, the power of mind is something that we have. I mean, if you are thinking about something, you are projecting that uh, thought around you. I'm not sure if you are conscious that sometimes you think about something about somebody and you know that that person is having a problem or is happy or not happy. Uh, especially women has that kind of uh, sensitivity. Uh -huh. Yeah, you know that. And especially people, <laughs> yeah, it's very common. I know you, you probably you feel that. Uh, so think about that if you are... Um, thinking that, oh, it would be nice to live in mountains, how you're doing now. It would be nice to have my own farm, uh, growing my own vegetable, uh, living in a natural environment. So at that point, you are creating a transformation without telling everybody about that, because you're thinking about that, yes. that thought goes around. 
But on the other side, there are people saying, oh, this is going, this planet is going to be destroyed. There will be a big tsunami. There will be a lot of people dying. The pandemic is affecting all of us. So it's very hard right now to focus our mind in a ne ne neutral, positive uh, way. If we start thinking about, oh, the disasters are coming. Oh, when is going to be happening? Uh, so it, it, it doesn't help. It doesn't help. Uh, it helps more if everybody reaches a point that take away the fear that is inside us. Mm -hmm. We are reacting to fear. And you know, there are people that take advantage of that fear. They more do. fear, yeah. you know, just increase the banking accounts. If you create a fear, you sell something just to protect against this fear. But when the people start knowing that the fear is an election on their own mind is an election i uh, i decide myself to feel fear or not to feel it and if they decide to say okay what's gonna happen okay what's the world that could happen if i die i i, I born again in later uh the world what is happening is that i am learning something from my experience so i will be burning uh, later on so if, if yeah. we realize that we are being that are living different lives through different experiences why are we scared scared of what just be scared of not learning that's the only thing that you could be scared yeah just, it's uh, interesting that the fear of death because um you know as you know many very religious people are even though they're being told that they're going to go somewhere if they're good, right? If they supposedly are good people, they're yeah. going to heaven and they're going to leave this place. And so there's they're still afraid though. Yeah, they, because they're scared about the other side. They're going to heaven, so they're scared of going to hell. Yes. So you know, it's a manipulation through a scare. There's not heaven, there's not a hell, it's a state of mind. If your state of mind is a inner peace. And you feel connected with everything and you enjoy and sunset you enjoy uh two little kids playing together and laughing if you enjoy looking at the nature animals things like that or just breathing the nice uh, aroma of the flowers so you're fine and you are not scared so the people are scared of uh heavens uh, they want heaven so they want to go to heaven because they are scared of of, of the hell um, the people wants to go or to be evacuated by extraterrestrials because they are scared to stay living in this planet. Okay, just stop right there. Just be neutral. Just look at the real, real world, how it is. Look around you and do something to fix problems if you see problems. So do something about that. Okay, that's the main message of the book, that do something about that. Don't, don't be expecting somebody to solve your problems take self-responsibility, okay? You know, it is, um, there is a lot of influence on the Billy Mayer and all of that philosophy that is behind that. So the book takes a lot of that, talks about uh, Malona, talks about self-responsibility, talks about a prophet, a spiritual teachings, things like that. So it's taking a look on that. And I have found it's better, uh, it's very good sometimes to write novels uh, that is like a metaphor a metaphor sent a very strong message that goes to the subconscious mind if you write down a 
non-fiction book with a lot of details. I have written non-fiction books as well, but it goes to the intellectual part of the people. It's a, from the intellectual point of view, it's very nice. But if you write down using metaphors, it's very strong because go deeper in people's uh, mind and they can wake up to something. They can wake up and just discover things that they already knew from a long time ago, they knew something and they are knowing what uh, is being said is, is true because they already know it. They already knew it from a previous experience. Yeah, you, you identify with a character. Um, so if you see somebody, uh, the one of the characters of, on the book do something, so you feel connected with that character. Mm -hmm. Even if he's a, a bad guy, uh, there's some but part of us that is connected with that guy. So we understand why he's doing that. Mm -hmm. So that's the power of a story is that your brain connected, connect with that uh, without having the risk of uh, suffering in real life because it's your, your imagination. It's like a dream. In a dream, you are connected with different characters that your subconscious mind put on your dreams and you are feeling that uh, character. When you wake up, you know, oh, it was a dream. When you stop reading your book, oh, it's just a book. But yeah. at some point of time, you were immersed in the book, in immersed in the story, and you are living the story. That's the power of a story. Yeah. You know, I, I always tended to be one of those people that I would get so immersed, especially in a really good book, and be a part of the story that when it was done, it was sad. I was sad that it was over, that you know, that world was like going away. <laughs> like I was going on a trip and leaving, going far away and I was never going to see these people again. Yeah, it's like going to see a great movie and it suddenly ends and you say, no, 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 just yeah. off the light, just continue the movie. Uh -huh. I was really- I, I want the second part now. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, because it's yeah. the story. So you you need more and more. You need to take more. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and the story and the, the writing process is very interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, so the, the book basically has uh, two parts. Uh, the first part is related with Sarum, that is a young boy. So is uh, when he's growing uh, and understanding that he is a prophet. When he started the first contact with the extraterrestrial or space travelers that came to talk with him, uh, and he started discovering things about himself. Um, he has a lot of problems. He um, has some people that are very close to him that die and it affects him a lot. But then he realized that there is a, a reason for everything. And he, the reason is learning, learn basically that's the main reason. That's the first part. Uh, the, you know, in the past, we want to make a farm in our country in Colombia. We were thinking about living in a place that was self-sufficient mm -hmm. with solar panels, recycling everything, having a little uh, garden or, mm -hmm. um, but it was difficult. I mean, Colombia is not a place that you feel safe living in countryside. Uh, there was a lot of kidnaps around us. Uh, in some cases they kidnap a whole family. So yeah. we were imagining living in, in the countryside and not feeling um, safe. So we were thinking about putting some kind of device that closed the door with uh, uh, um, <laughs> some bars. I mean, uh, iron bars or something, so nobody can get into the home. But at some point, I say, okay, what's going on with us? Uh, are we thinking to stay here in this place? 
with that uh, complicated environment. So we decided to move to Canada. That's why we moved here. Because we feel safer here, more safer and most respect for the human beings. In, in Colombia, is, there are a lot of um, social problems. So the people, if you, for example, I am amazed, the people in, in, in Canada, if they win the lottery, they go on the newspaper, they show the photo, and everybody feels happy about them because they win the lottery. Nothing has happened in Colombia, you cannot do that. If you put your photo, and some people that you have money, that they will be kidnapping you, sending you threats. If you don't give me part of what the money that you receive, you will be in big troubles. So it's completely different. So that's the reason why we moved here. So at, at some point of time, we were thinking about having that. Uh, we make, uh, I know how to create uh, solar panels to hot water, to make hot water. I know how to install solar panels for electricity. We also learn how to do, um, I don't know, biodigestive, that you put some kind of uh, uh, organic material inside and you create meat, meat, methane and you extract yes. the, the methane and use natural gas from that. Mm -hmm. So we did a small one as a prototype. So we were having everything almost ready for that, but finally we decided to just do a change, completely change to our life. So uh, right now we are not living in a natural place. Uh, in the middle of uh, Toronto in an apartment. So it's a shame, but we would love to be in a natural place sometime soon. And living as you are, I, yeah. I yeah. admire you just to be there. And I would like to be living like that. Everybody will be living in farms or so places more natural. That yeah. would be the ideal way to live. I think so too. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much, Carol. Okay, nice thank talking you. to you. At any time we can talk, uh, not just for the podcast, I just, uh, send me a note and we can chat for something very that quickly. That sounds great. Okay. Yeah, I'd love that. Okay, you okay. have a good night. Okay, thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. Bye. As satisfying and rewarding being a student of the teaching is it can also be very trying and a, a time of great personal tests because often our friends, family, even those very close to us who we hope understand us can give us a hard time about our involvement in the silent revolution of truth. And it doesn't help that um, when they go to try to understand this in a very superficial way, they're met with so much negativity on the internet concerning Billy Meyer and Figu and the mission. It, um, it takes some delving to, to look and find out what it's really all about. But with that in mind, um, I wanted to read... Um, a couple of pages from Arahat Atharsata that I found particu particularly comforting and validating. And it starts on page 188. It's number 785. This is a sign of the time, in the present time, just as in former times. 
In the wisdom of the creation, however, there are also laws and recommendations of existing validity in this respect in order to face this time emergent emergence problem of earthly human origin. When the time comes for a life form and demands of it new ways and cognitions, higher spirit forms then appear as teachers and prophets. Guided by the creational laws and recommendations and by the spirit we forms of the high spiritual levels, life forms that want to appear as teachers and prophets are supported and trained in their development. In their form, they then step before the people and teach wisdom and knowledge. They bring back the long-forgotten teaching of the spirit and of the creation, or proclaim new knowledge and new wisdom according to the state of the respective life forms. In this case, the talk is about you, earth humans, who are still planning with thousand millions of brains to bring not only your body, but all your material riches over into the realm of the spiritual because you do not want to tear loose from them. All your efforts will, however, be in vain because the material of these forms cannot be conformed with the spiritual and the time for these cognitions becomes ever scarcer for you become for you because the laws of the dissolution have already begun to take effect, which bring about the irrevocable end of the material values. These laws that have become effective have already become visible and feelable for a few seeing ones. Also for the earth human beings with closed eyes and closed ears and senses, the outcoming effects of these laws have become verifiable in their course if he or she only tries once to once consider the events and changes of the past years and decades. Whether he or she simply laughs pitifully at all of these events and changes, doubts, or condemns them, that is fundamentally not decisive. Even if he or she laughs at the prophets and the truth proclaimers of the new time, condemns them and insults them as do-gooders, etc. This is not of importance because the wheel of time nevertheless runs calmly and consistently on its course, incessantly and eternally. No laughter and insult and no hatred and killing of prophets are able to hold it back in its course. For what the creation has once brought into motion according to its laws and recommendations in brazen regulations, no human machinations or assertung is able to change or stop it in its course. However bestial and barbaric the earth human being may be in their irrationality and inventive in the most malicious intrigues, they will thus never be able to change or destroy the laws and recommendations of the creation. However great and enormous their intrigues may be in their application and effect, they are never able to affect the creational laws and recommendations. The detrimental effects of applied intrigues and of the hatred always fall back into the originator themselves and very often cause them fatal damage. As the earth human beings think and act according to their self-created laws of intrigue and hatred, 
they have to bear the resulting consequences themselves, because in all ends they, through all negative assertungen, are only able to inflict evil suffering, hardship, misery, and damage on themselves. At the present time, only the hope remains for the majority of your humankind, a hope, however, which is not built upon recognition of the truth, upon knowledge, love, and wisdom, but it is sustained by an irrational belief which is based on religious delusional views. A hope, therefore, which has nothing to do, nothing in common with all the triumphant love of universal creational origin, and is therefore a hope for the hopelessness. But where hopelessness comes into existence, the way ends in damnation without hope of rescue. The prophets and truth proclaimers and all human beings who do not build upon passing earthly values and recognize and acknowledge the spiritual as the true being will stride calmly and serenely through the times during which the still unknowing ones have to fight hard battles in the grueling confusions of the untruth and the search for truth. The knowing ones have at this time built their house on firm and good rock, which withstands all raging storms and sturdy, sturdily encases the foundation walls of the house. Therefore, the call is made to the earth human beings of the present time. Strive for it and make an effort to become a rock in the churning and raging sea of the doom in the coming time. Build a stronghold on this rock and stretch your hands out to all those who are struggling, gasping, and seeking help to reach your protective building. Give them your inexhaustible help in in, in universal love, but let all the irrational ones ones who have gotten very badly out of control of the good human nature and malicious ones swim and drown in the raging sea of the doom, for they would destroy your rock and your stronghold and expose you and all rescued ones to the death in the stormy sea. The hour of examination and trial will be unavoidable for every earth human being when he or she must reveal his or her values in the knowledge and ability and in his or her wisdom and love. Every human being has in it in his or her hands whether they by this examination are found wanting or whether they find their relative absolute fulfillment as the value of values. The earth human being still has time to decide freely according to his or her volition to turn to the true being or go his or her way into the damnation. But he or she should not think about this time of the free decision still lasts for a long time because the first signs of the time have already manifested themselves as great changes and demanded manifold tribute. And the wheel of time will continue to turn unstoppably and bring new signs. If they, however, are not heeded, new tributes will have to be paid by the human beings, bloody, evil, and merciless. All those will thus swim in the sea of the death and of the damnation who want to adversely oppose the truth and dwell in material values. And just as a side note, 
damnation has nothing to do with hell. It has to do with cause and effect. Thank you for listening to Reality Ranch Podcast. If you would like to purchase one of Francisco's books or you'd like to uh, contribute to his um, campaign to get his book launched, you can go to Indiegogo, which is spelled I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O, and and look up the third evacuation book release and you will be able to participate in Francisco's campaign. Until next time, Salome.